Good afternoon, Raider fans. This is Raider Greg coming to you from Northern California, the heart of the Raider Nation. Yes, I'm coming to you Saturday, June 18th. This is our number ninth show, show number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine. And we will be discussing a few things today. It's a little slow in Raiderland this lately. I'm not seeing a whole lot of news. This is usual quiet time for the NFL. There are some stories, but not necessarily Raider stories. Tonight's subjects will be, who is Raider Greg? I'm going to give you an insight to who I am and a little bit of history of you know what I'm doing here. We're going to talk about Randy Moss. We're going to talk about Randy Moss and the Cowboys. We're going to talk about a little bit about Porter and his thoughts, because he did have a little blurb lately on uh, what his thoughts are on his position on the team. We're going to talk about Woodson a little bit, <clears throat> talk about his rankings, what others are saying about him in the league. And we're going to finish it off with some Raider history to bring back some of the thrills and chills from yesteryear. For all you Raider fans that have been watching the Raiders for many, many years, because they have been here for many, many years. I want to start today's show with a shout-out to my good buddy, Randall Olson. Randy Olson works with me at the Berkeley Fire Department. He is a true Raider fan because he laid down the ducats. Anyone who thinks about getting a club seat, if you try to get them on eBay or you get <clears throat> you get uh, tickets.com or however you may try to find club seats, tell me how expensive they are. You don't have to tell me because I know I paid for them, and I'm sure some of you have too. Randy has two club seats, and he paid for the PSLs when they first came out. Talk about a true fan. He is not a pretender. He is a contender. He puts the money where his mouth is, where his team is, and he puts it down. Unlike other fans that complain, blah, 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 and don't go to the games. This guy goes to the games. I got my hats off to Randall. Thumbs up, brother. Shout out again to Cousin Natalie. Got to go, give her props because she's, she's the best emailer I have. She comes out there and shouts it out to me. So, Raider fans, if you're out there and you're listening and you have an opportunity to send me an email on something you think you want to say, some opinion you have, trust me, it's going to go out. Send me an email. It'll go out. 66th Street Mob is giving me emails constantly. Great organization, man. They are in touch. I just wanted to shout out to them as well, again, because they are awesome. I want to do some shouts-out to some other Raider Booster clubs that haven't been mentioned on the show yet. Arizona Raiders. Uh, the Arizona Raider Fan Club, Mr. Sheen Mahoney. So far as I know, he's still the president. Um, and that would be at ARFC at COX.net. If you want to get a hold of them and uh, find out what's happening in Arizona, well, there you go. Those are the people who know. I bet you they have a Raider Mecca trip that comes to the Coliseum probably more than once a year. Um, same with Big Sky Montana. Let's go out there to Big Sky Montana, all you Raider fans out in Montana. Boy, there's the place that you don't think you're going to find some Raider fans, but they got a bunch of them out there. And that's Steve Supak is the president. And that would be mtraiderfan at hotmail.com. 
give them a shout, will you? Uh, all these booster clubs, I mean, this is all spare time stuff, and these people work very hard to get the information out to the Raiders. They work, they work very hard to get events and keep, team, uh, keep fan members involved in the sport. A lot of these these uh, clubs, they have like the Raider Meccas. I keep you hear keep hearing me refer to Raider Mecca. Well, what that is is the Coliseum is the Mecca. Not in a religious sense, however, it is in a football sense. For some of us, it is a religious sense. However, the Coliseum people come. I'm telling you, the last game I went to um, that was full of uh, foreigners, I'd like to say, because they're not from local, the local area, was the Tampa Bay game. Many fans from across the world look at the Raiders' schedule and find out the single game that they feel is most important to them and that they would like to be there present in person to see. They save up their money. Um, there's people who work all year to save up just enough to go see the Raiders. That's quite a tribute, I would say. And my hat's off to him. I met a young gentleman from Alaska when I was there. I met a van load of my brothers and sisters from Los Angeles. And on and on and on. <clears throat> it is very cool to go to the games and see people from all over the country who just have that one opportunity to get to a game one time a year, maybe two times a year. You know, imagine how special that is. I know it's very special for those who don't get to go to the games. And what I'm saying here is you can get a hold of me. Um, I will be having a ticket spot on my page so that I can help you get tickets. Um, and that's about all, all I can say. Uh, as far as arrangements in general area, I'll help with anything I possibly can. You got my email address. If you're coming down... If you're a booster club or you're a booster club, excuse me, booster club president, you'd like to have some inside information on the parking or the hotels or the area itself, please feel free to give me a call or drop me a vine. You can uh, drop me a vine on my website, and I will be happy. Give me your phone number. I'll call you back, and we can talk about the accommodations. We can talk about re, uh, visiting the Alameda County facility. I can put you in touch with people there. I can help to make your visit here in Oakland, California, a pleasant one, along with other sundry things that you can do when you're not engaged in Raiderness. I also like to shout out to my chief, the chief of the B shift, Kevin, Kevin R., Kevin Ravella, best fire chief I ever had for my B shift. He's conscientious, he's uh, open, he's always on an open-door policy, and I'm not kissing his rear end, anybody. I'm just telling it like it is, because B-Shift loves this guy, and it's for good reason. He keeps us safe, and he watches out for his shift like no other. All right, let's go on to what's gonna, what we're going to talk about other than, other than me today. We're going to talk about, like I said, Rennie Moss, talk about Woodson, uh, talk about there's a NFL commentator, Clark Judge, who's ranked everyone in their position, and he's, he's pretty renowned in the NFL because he's part of the NFL, and he knows what he's talking about. And like I said, we'll go into 
Raider history. Well, who am I? Who is Raider Greg? Well, Raider Greg, Raider Greg is a firefighter who works for the city of Berkeley. I'm a firefighter. I work at Station One. Shouts out to you down there, Station One on the west side. Um, I was hurt back in September uh, during a rescue, and thank you to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was uh, put on the don't need to get surgery until the absolute last minute situation. So long story short, just yesterday on the 17th, I got the news that they finally approved my surgery Ten, almost 10 months after I was injured. Hey, it's better late than never. I'm blessed that it's going to happen, and I just want to thank everyone out there who might be listening that had anything to do with making my surgery or praying for me or any of that. Thank you so much right from the bottom of my heart because that's why I started this broadcast, podcast, is because I had a lot of downtime. You know, I'm standing up a lot of times when I'm talking to you because I can't sit too long, but... I have a lot of spare time on my hands, and I, you know, my passion is the Raiders, and here we are. Um, my brother-in-law from Dynamic Nation, who did set up the website, props up to him. He is awesome. He saw that I needed something to do. I was driving everybody here at my house crazy, and uh, helped me out with this this project. So, that's me. That's who I am. Um, been there for almost going on 11 years now. I love it. There's nothing, not another profession like it. I can't wait to get back to it. I'll be having surgery here coming up in the next month. So then I might be off the air for a, you know, a week or two while I'm starting to recover from the harshness of this surgery. But uh, I'll be back on the air as soon as I can get to the computer. So I just want all you Raider fans to know that that's what's happening with me. That's who I am. Um, and it's a wonderful thing to have this outlet because there's a lot of passion I have for this team, and I want to share it with all of you. Okay, let's talk about Randy Moss, who was rated number one as wide receivers above Terrell Owens by the NFL. So enough said. I know we've had other draftees before that have had high acclaim, like Sapp and Washington, what they're going to do for the team, and they haven't panned out quite what we thought they would. Now, I think that's more coaching myself. I don't believe that's the player's fault. I truly believe it's coaching. You want to disagree with me? Shout out to me now. Get out to me. You want to, You have a different opinion? You tell me, because I think coaching is 90% of this game. 90%. Um, not to say that that 10% isn't something, but I will tell you that when any army in any world and any battle throughout history has had the right general in charge, the power of his forces were necessary, but the strategy used to complete the task and victory ultimately was on the general, which I see as the coaches in the NFL. When the AFC, especially you can see now, the AFC is ripping the NFC. For the last eight years, the AFC has been dominant over the NFC. Thirteen years prior to that, it was the NFC. We all know the 49ers made a big old run, and you know, we were all sick and tired of that. It couldn't happen to another NFC team because we had to 
just choke on the 49ers for all those years. Um, but, you know, Raider fans, I know how you feel. Whatever. That's what I say. We're coming up. We're coming on. And watch out, 49ers. You're going to be in our shadow for a while now. That's what i got to say about that. Now, Moss against the Cowboys. I was reading an article. It was in the NFL.com, and it was about the Cowboys and all these little scenarios. Somebody took the time to think about Sean Merriman and how he got dissed by Parcells when they said they would pick him up if he was available during that draft section. And they didn't pick him up, and he fell down further, and he got picked up by, I believe it was uh, the Giants. Long story short, he's all flipped out and mad. And so that's just, you know, these are the things that when there's a game, you know that the media is going to be on those things. They're going to be on Sean Merriman and the issue with him and Parcells. You know, just something to build up the game. Okay, well, here's one. I, I scroll down the page because on the very top of the page, it has a picture of Randy Moss. The story is until halfway down the page, NFL.com. And it's a great story. It's so funny. You should read it. <clears throat> and if you weren't looking through there, you'd never find it. It was on the Cowboys. But it's funny how the Cowboys last year avoided playing the Vikings because they lost to the Giants and in the playoffs. And they're happy they didn't. They're happy they didn't have to go against the Vikings in the playoffs because... Randy Moss has torched the Cowboys every single game he's played. Okay, out of five consecutive games, Randy Moss played the Cowboys while he was with the Vikings. He got ten touchdowns in five games. That's two touchdowns a game against the Cowboys. They cannot cover this guy. And you know what? They have to play us this year. I think that is just hilarious. And Randy Moss torches the Cowboys. I cannot wait to see this game. Because in preseason last year, I remember I was there for that game, and boy, it was tough seeing us lose the very last second because Parcells was all happy and you know, you don't see him get that happy because he cannot stand coming to the Oakland Coliseum. And he doesn't make any bones about it. So I think, Raider fans, we should, as a group, when he comes into the stadium, we got to let him know how we feel about him, don't we? The good old Raider fan way. You know what I'm talking about. Bare asses and all. All you people who greet the bus, you know what you got to do. Show him what you think. Because I'm certainly going to be there right next to you. Let's talk about Charles Woodson, $10 million man. Yes, he is a $10 million man. He's our $10 million man. Raider fans, will you just shut up about this guy? He's our player. I know you love to hate him. When he's not doing good, he's doing good. You know, fans are fickle. I have to say that. Even Raider fans are fickle. Is that, that sounds kind of stupid, but it's true. We're fickle. One minute it's Gannon, next minute it's uh, Collins. We know when that controversy was going on before Gannon was hurt. 
Raider fans, let's continue to be true Raider fans and keep tight with the team members we have. Until Woodson goes elsewhere, he is our cornerback, and incidentally, he's rated the number three cornerback in the entire NFL. That's right. I don't care what you guys are saying right now. He's number three, and that's not me saying it. That's everybody else saying it. So you better believe that they'd pick him up if they had the room. And all this horse patooey about him not being traded because he hasn't had the skills that he used to is exactly that, horse patooey. You watch him play this year, you will see a huge difference. And if you don't, you can email me and tell me what a geek I was for saying that. But I'm telling you, I know that he will be the player that he has been just because he doesn't have to deal with the, you know, Buchanans of the world. Okay? Enough said about Woodson, because he is awesome, he will be there, and his level of play will increase as the rest of the team gets serious about their business. Once again, coaching, I can't tell you enough about coaching. And Ryan, better get it together. Ryan, my brother, if you're listening right now, you're on the hot seat. If you don't know it by now, and you thought you were in a hot seat last year, well, this year, brother, you're on the hot seat. You better get it together. Okay, the one other thing about Woodson before I move on is, you know, he's going to have to practice with Randy Moss. So do you think that might improve his level of play? Do you think maybe he's working the defensive angle, trying to cover Moss on all the preseason? I mean, all the pre not all the preseason, but all the – the uh, practices in July, all those workouts, he's going to be covering Moss. I, I pretty much can guarantee you he's going to be the one covering Moss on all those plays. Do you think that might hone his skills a little more? You bet your ass it's going to. Excuse my language. He's going to be a much improved player just because of the members of his team. He's going to be a much improved player because he has no choice or he will be left in the dust. And he won't get any money next year. Enough said about Woodson. Okay. Here's a little report on the inside slant on Jerry Porter. Jerry Porter was placed in a familiar, somewhat awkward position with the arrival of Randy Moss. It means that every year he has been with the Raiders, this is true, he has been flanked by either a surefire Hall of Fame receiver or the other, on the other side, a seemingly Hall of Fame potential receiver. First it was Tim Brown, then it was Jerry Rice, now it's Moss. So after Rice left, Porter became kind of a, in a leadership role, which he did very well, man. Porter, I like Porter a lot, man. I like his personality. You know, he's got a great smile. He's got great presence in the media. Um, he's a good player. He's a very good player. I think all-around package, he's a great spokesman for that, that team. And I think they should keep him in that leadership role unless Randy Moss wants to step up and do it. I, you know, Personally, I think Porter's a better candidate for that. But Porter said, I'm just going to go out and do my job the best of my abilities. Day in and day out, with Randy coming in, it can only help me. Randy's going to command a lot of attention on the field, Porter said. And frankly, I don't want it. He doesn't want the attention. I, I, I want to sit off in the shadows and do my job and be just fine. 
So however it happens, it happens. That's his quote. What that says to me is, watch out, I'm coming with my A game, and Randy Moss, when he takes that double, I'm taking it to the show. I'm taking it all the way to the end zone. Now, that's what it says to me. I like this kid a lot. Uh, he's a, he's a great kid. He's good in media too. You know, you notice you notice that that he he has that smile. You know, he has that he has that smile that that uh, players. You know, some guys have it, some guys don't have it. And, you know, some guys can barely get out of their own way. He's got it. Okay? He's got it. Okay, we'll go on into Raider history and, I believe, the greatest Raiders of all time. Found this here on Raider News, which is a website. Check it out. It's a nice site. It's very good. This guy is on it. Got a great site with a lot of information. <clears throat> Let's go to the offense. Quarterback position. Favorite all-time Raider, Jim Plunkett. Both of his parents were blind. Jim dealt with adversity right from the start. He won the Heisman Trophy in 1970, and at Stanford was the first pick in the 1971 draft. He was stuck in New England, where they sucked, of course, back in the day, and he went later on to San Francisco. But he didn't really start to play well until he came to, yes, the Raiders. Raider became, uh, Plunkett became an NFL comeback player in the 1980 with the Raiders, and more importantly, the Super Bowl MVP award that year. This guy played, I hope, just like Kerry Collins will play. He was a long ball fanatic. He threw the longs bombs from the pocket that were and beautiful. They were just beautiful. Anybody who saw them, you, you, it'd be like that lag where you see the ball in the air. It's almost like slow motion, and boom. The most valuable Raider would have to be Daryl LaMonica, the Mad Bomber. Came to the Raiders in a trade in 1967, led the Raiders to Super Bowl two. A loss against the Packers. LaMonica has, had struggled early in his, his uh, career, and that's why he's the most valuable Raider. He came up from nothing in the Oakland Raider organization. But he was the original prototype Raider quarterback because he would throw it downfield. This guy was another downfield bomber. This is what Al Davis likes. He loves the long ball, and this is a, a, an insight into why we have Collins and we didn't go for another West Coast offense guy. That's why we're not using Tui. Best all-time Raider, Kenny Stabler. He was known for party money. He was a party man, womanizer, but he played great ball. One of the best two-minute men in history. The Immaculate Reception. Uh, 
He was a heck of a guy and a personality. Running backs, here we go, Bo Jackson. One of the most famous athletes. That's about, a, about as famous as you can get. Made household name by Nike's Bo Nose campaign. Bo was the Michael Jackson of football. He was a legitimate two-sport athlete. The only player named to both the NFL Pro Bowl and the NLB All-Star Game. Both. He made it in both. This guy was nothing but athlete. Although there's other guys that used to call them time, themselves prime time and show time. That's a bunch of garbage. This guy was real time. Big time athlete. Here's one of my favorite Raiders, Marcus Allen. All-time leading rusher for the Raiders and Super Bowl MVP. He argued with Al, and of course that made it difficult for him. And he had a lot of trouble with Al. And he was probably one of the few that talked back to Al, you know, in public. Um, and he paid. As all of us know, he sat on the sidelines for years. He could run, block, catch, score, and even throw the football pretty doggone well. He's probably the best all-around back we've ever seen in the league. <clears throat> but we traded him to Kansas City, and everybody knows what happened then. Big mistake, Al. That's all i got to say. Let's learn from our mistakes here. He torched us every time he played us. I mean, I just can't remember. I can't forget. I was working at the firehouse, and he threw a touchdown. Um... I can't remember the quarterback, but he made the last touchdown in the last second of the game to win it for the Kansas City Chiefs against the Raiders. It was a knife through the heart. And, you know, I hate to say it, but, Al, you deserved it for not playing the guy. Marcus Allen has to be one of my, my – it's my personal all-time best Raiders, and I think if we had just kept him, he would have been an all-time Raider. You know, he's in the Hall of Fame. And he deserved to be on the Hall of Fame. He deserved everything he got as far as accolades. And it made it hard for me to see him when he was inducted. He had a hard time. He said about the Raiders organization the most he possibly could. He, he, this man is personified class. He made no references to anything negative. He talked nothing but good things about the Raiders. I'm really glad that he did have those feelings because I didn't know for sure until the Canton speech that he made when when he was drafted into the Hall of Fame. We're on a tight end. Tight end, Dave Casper, the ghost. He considered himself an offensive lineman, and he blocked just like one. He's just as well as anyone to the ball in the air in history. He, he would do some wild stuff to catch the ball. If you see any NFL history films, you'll see how crazy this guy contorts himself to catch the ball. And, and people that remind me of him, uh, Tony Gonzalez, Todd Christensen. You know, Tony Gonzalez is pretty close because he's tall and lanky. He's got those long arms, and he does that contortion thing in the middle of the air and catches the ball as he's twisting. And you, all you knew, all you fans know what I'm talking about. 
<clears throat> I hate Gonzalez, not because he's personally, but I hate him because he's with the Chiefs. we got to see him twice a year. Casper is one of the most intelligent football players ever. Casper's traded the Oilers. And he went on from there and then retired. Casper should easily be a member of the Hall of Fame. That is enough said about that. Fred Bolitnikoff, wide receiver, arguably the best hands of any receiver, belonged to Freddie B. I can't remember ever seeing him drop a pass. Has anyone ever seen him drop a pass? He used to use this um, adhesive, industrial adhesive called stickum. <laughs> it was all over him. It was on his knees. It was on his shirt. It was on his helmet. It was on his... It was everywhere. He looked like he had run through a, you know, he'd been tarred and feathered without the feathers. He had tar all over him. He wasn't the biggest or the fastest, but he could get the ball. If it was anywhere around him. If you see any NFL films, NFL films of the Raiders, I mean, it's hard to see Blitnikoff, but it was he was a great player. Timmy Brown... What do I need to say? He never won a Super Bowl. He holds a majority of the Raiders receiving records. And many of those records are only surpassed by Jerry Rice, who will definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Brown is going to retire this season. He was a great carrier for our team. It was sad to see him leave. I remember when he came into the stadium when he was playing for Tampa Bay, he got a standing ovation. That was a great, classy move, Raider fans. When he played Tampa and he came out to the field, we all gave him a round of applause because he's always going to be a Raider. I don't care if he, what color he's wearing. And he knew that. He did score a touchdown in that game that we won 30-20. to and he got a row of applause then, too. We love Timmy, no matter what team he goes to, because he's our player. Like Marcus Allen, he is our player. <clears throat> Warren Wells, not too many people know about Wells. He played a short time. He's like Bo Jackson. He's completely dominated his position for a while. Wells put up ridiculous numbers, over 20 yards per catch during his career. <clears throat> and a stunt, something happened, he went to prison. And you know what, what do I need to tell you? Same thing's happening now that happened back then. He got great players with great potential doing dumbass things. Going to jail. I mean, used to be the Cowboys were the joke of the league as far as prisoners go. Now it looks like the Ravens are taking that. I'm glad it's far from the Raiders. Let's keep it that way. Lincoln Kennedy, his tackle. 
The dead presidents played through injury and displayed a great sense of humor because he was a funny guy. I like this guy a lot. Lincoln Kennedy was the first out of the tunnel. You could see him. Lincoln had his helmet on, ready to go, you could tell. Ready to go. Art Shell. Any discussions about who's the greatest tackle of all times? Has to include Anthony Munoz, Jim Packer, and Art Shell. Shell teamed up with Gene Oddshaw and, well, you may say more. It was a brutal combination. One-two punch. Nice talking to you. Steve Wisnowski, the Wiz, was considered the NFL's deepest, excuse me, dearest player. He once said, there's nothing I wouldn't do to win a football game. The irony was, Wiz was also one of the more devout Christians in the NFL. An eight-time pro bowler, Steve represented everything that was good and bad about the Raider organization. Honorable mention goes to George Bueller, the human Coke machine. It says a lot about Wozniewski, the Wiz, the Wiznewski. Christian, back then, big time, wasn't afraid to say it. Good for you. Gene Upshaw playing up to, played next to Art Shell on the Raider line and played for three decades, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Talk about a tough dude. Enough said. Center, Jim Otto. NFL's Iron Man. Playing over 200, and he played 210 straight games without injury. With injuries. I mean, he played with injuries. He played with a lot of injuries, but he played. And I think he played for over 309 or 310 games completely for the Raiders over 15 years. He's a gentleman. Prayers go out to him. We just pray that he keeps his leg and prayers go out to the family. He's sick right now. I'd like everyone to send out a prayer for Jim. He's a class act all the way around. That's about it, Raider fans, for this edition of the Raider Nation podcast. This is your host, Greg, Raider Greg. I hope you gleaned a little bit more of Raider history today. If there's any questions or concerns or things you don't agree with about my podcast, please email me. I would be happy to email you back. If you want to give shouts out to anyone in the world, on the globe, in the Raider Nation, please email me as well at RaiderNationPodcast.com. You can go to my site um, and check it out. So until next time, Raider fans, this is Raider Greg saying, wear your silver and black, because you all know, we're gonna be back.